Makers of Sport Podcast, Episode 96, with Xavier Jones. And welcome to episode 96 of the Makers of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, at T. Adam Martin on Twitter. My guest for this episode has a job that I have personally coveted since I was a kid. If you listen to the show or follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you know that I have a soft spot in my heart for footwear and the business of sneakers. Well, today's guest works directly in that industry as a footwear designer for one of the most iconic brands in sport and fashion, the Reebok Classic. He's a graduate of Eastern Michigan University, and he holds a certificate from Penn Soul Footwear Design Academy, a footwear design school founded by legendary former Nike design director, Dwayne Edwards. He's also worked with legendary Reebok brand icon, Allen Iverson, a.k.a. The Answer, a.k.a. Bubba Chuck, also my favorite basketball player as a kid. Prior to his career as a sneaker designer, he worked in apparel design and branding at brands like Adidas, the Sacramento Kings, and the Atlanta Falcons. He's also a TEDx speaker, having spoken at TEDxEMU on the evolution of apparel and exploring the future of sportswear. I'm very happy to welcome to Makers of Sport, my friend, Xavier Jones. What's up, Xavier? <laughs> What's up, dude? Dude, that was that was so ridiculous. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, you get pretty uh, good at know. these after doing quite a few episodes, man. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like listening to like you talk about someone else. It's like, what? What's going on right now? It's like a flashback. That's so cool, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me, and I uh, I really appreciate it. It's an honor, man. A huge, huge fan of yours, man, and what you do, and uh, man, I love the show. So I'm just really happy to even be on here. It's an honor, dude. Man, I very much appreciate that. Um, I got to say, actually, how are you, man? Because you might be the youngest guest that's ever been on, to be honest. I don't know. I'm 26, but I don't know. I probably, I don't know if I am or not, but yeah. I think you might be, honestly. Or if, <laughs> if you're not, you might be tied. Okay, I keep cool. forgetting, I keep forgetting that, you know, I'm getting older, right? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, when, I, yeah. <laughs> when I started this, uh, I think I was, yeah, I was 30. Yeah, I was 30 uh, when I started this, so 34. I'm 34 now. So this thing's been going on for four years Yeah, uh, as of March, so pretty crazy. But, uh, yeah, that is crazy. Anyway, man, so I, I, know, you, I know that you kind of know the drill here um, as, as a <laughs> yeah. listener, so I like to give, uh, give you an opportunity to just kind of tell the, the people listening a little bit about yourself, where you're from, a little bit about your story, uh, and kind of how you ended up really where you are now. Yeah, man, I kind of have a crazy journey, man. I um, just always had a passion for footwear. And um, yeah, man, just grew up in Flint, Michigan, just a kid from uh, Flint, little old town, and uh, kind of grew up in like this basketball era with like Mateen Cleese. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Morris Peterson and all those dudes. <laughs> and um, I Mo guess Pete. just out of your, yeah, Mo Pete, yeah, the whole Flint Stones crew. So <laughs> for me, man, um, I, I wasn't really big into cartoons and all that stuff, kind of gravitated to sports early. And um, man, it was just a lifelong passion. And um, yeah, dude, growing up in Flint, I um, got introduced to kind of art through my mom. Um, she never really like went to art school or anything like that, but she was always like just kind of a good natural artist. So just seeing her like uh, draw and stuff growing up, she would like draw us like little cards and stuff for our birthday or like Dragon Ball Z characters and stuff. Right, <laughs> like, right. For me, I'm like, I just wanted to do that. And then my cousins, they're all about like, 
seven to ten years older than me so uh when they would come home from school and do like their art projects i would just kind of mess with them and like you know try to copy what they were doing so to my like age category i was like a little advanced but i didn't really know what i was doing i just was like trying to be like my big cousins yeah and um yeah man and then i think uh i really started noticing design like um around that time because i was into wrestling and so like Uh, like, i just remember like like, wwe Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> WCW, all that. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Yeah, and just seeing like uh, the different belts and like the uniforms and stuff. And I just remember like Shawn Michaels was like my favorite <laughs> favorite guy growing up. Yeah, and I just remember that 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 title. So I just remember like um, cutting out like cardboard boxes and like drawing the like Intercontinental Championship, right, and, and stuff like that. And so that was kind of like I think my real like first experience with like arts and craft type deal. And then um, did you watch the uh, the twenty five year? Uh, Raw the other night, or was it Raw? Twenty years, maybe. No, I missed it. I gotta go check that out. Oh, you should check it out, man, because they bring back all the old guys. Yeah, I gotta check that. I out. I was, was big into super... wrestling as a kid too. Yeah, dude. I Actually, was I was so big ex- into it all the way up into high school. I remember when I, <laughs> I remember in gym <laughs> class, man. We all used to, like we come, we come, <laughs> we come to school the day after. Uh, you know, on, on Tuesday morning and just like perform wrestling moves and stuff in the locker room. Yeah. And PE. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bro. Same here. Like it was crazy. Like, yeah, that was a, an awesome era of like wrestling and all that stuff. It was huge. But yeah, man, that was a uh, kind of like my introductory, uh, introduction to design. And, um, and then I really got into like jerseys and stuff. So it was like the throwback era. All right. <laughs> like, like, you know, and uh, all that crazy stuff. So then like, I, I like Mitchell and Ness, like Mitchell and Ness type stuff. Yeah, yeah, and like Harlem Globetrotters, like okay. jerseys and all that stuff. But yeah. I was really, um, I yeah, I transitioned from uh, wrestling to basketball and like football, and yeah, and then like I said, basketball was so huge in Flint that I just kind of gravitated to it. And, right. Uh, yeah, man. Like, and then just Slam Magazine, all that stuff, <laughs> just like change change your life. And um, oh, I think yes. my uh, Slam is is my my jam, man. You know that. I, I mean, know. I, I love yeah, it. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember listening to, I forget what episode of, it was your episode, it was probably like 25, I yeah, yeah, six, yeah, 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 and I, I just remember where you said, I was like, dude, like, oh my god, that's the same story, dude, like, I just remember getting those magazines and just being like, dude, this is the best thing ever. It's and so like, funny really how <laughs> that story is, it, like, a lot of people connected with that story, uh, I just think oh. that there's a lot of people working in the creative business right now, especially in sport, that mm-hmm. that uh are kind of like, Millennials or even Xenials, which I guess I'm considered technically a Xenial because I'm in that weird little middle area uh, uh-huh. between like Gen X and Millennial, like born in '83. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, like Slam really affected them, right? Because it was this, it was this thing that was so different than what most of us are used to seeing. I got my first issue when I was in like sixth grade, and just yeah. reading it, right? Because you're in school and you're 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 in like English class or whatever. <laughs> And you're learning yeah. how to write, and then you like read the way yeah. they write, and you're like, "Man, I kind of want to write like this." <laughs> yeah, bro, it was so crazy. Like, I was like, "What is this?" And like, I just remember like reading about LeBron. Like, he was like an Afro kid in the back of the the section called Punks. Yep. I'm like, "Who is this dude?" Yes, like, punks, I, man. <laughs> yeah, just being like, "Oh, he's gonna be the next guy." But like YouTube, none of that was around yet. <laughs> so oh, dude, see, like, that's the thing, man. Like, see, uh, like YouTube wasn't around when I was. When did YouTube come about? Pretty heavy for you. I want to say like probably 
going into high school, middle school, like I remember watching like Derrick Rose mixtape one oh, of those dude. years. Dude, the Derrick Rose mixtape is legendary. <laughs> Bro, it was such a first <laughs> mixtape. Like, I was like, oh my God, like who's this dude? I, 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 I remember like, <laughs> I had a buddy send me that. I, I probably watched it a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, bro. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, cause, cause like back then you only could see highlights through like Max Preps and Scout. It was like those small little like well, ball, well, like Ball is Life. When Ball is Life came about, man, they just basically they oh, basically changed the game. Gosh. Honestly, bro, they the sort game. of were. They they sort of became Slam online, right? Because like Slam exactly. wasn't doing that. So it was like Slam yeah. kind of got left behind a little bit, and Ball is Life became the new the new thing yeah. for this new the new kids coming up. Because now it's like all they watch, man. I mean, they're live streaming games. I've been watching, uh, um, I've been following, you know, they've been like talking about this kid, Mac McClung or whatever. He's kind of Oh, he's up. such like, a beast. He's yeah, going to Georgetown, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, Riff Raff's cousin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is that true yeah. or what, man? I thought maybe that was kind of like a rumor. <laughs> I think it is, like, because I don't know if you've ever seen Riff Raff play basketball. He can actually hoop. Okay. Like, yeah, like, it's so funny because he's always like, and I watched his interview. He's like, I could have made it to the NBA easily. Like, <laughs> like talking stuff. But like, I actually seen him play, and I was like, this dude can actually ball a little bit. So yeah. like, I believe like, <laughs> like it might be his cousin or something. Right. And then old boy going to Duke, man. I don't know why I'm slipping on his name right now. Uh, Zion. Yes, yes. Zion blew blew up. I mean, just oh, ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. I think like the first, like after LeBron, I remember like the OJ Mayo wave. So he was like, <laughs> yeah. So OJ Rose. was from Kentucky, right? So yeah, yeah. So yeah. I used to follow. We used to follow him a lot. I remember there's a guy I went to college with who was from uh, like Ashland, Kentucky, is right on the border of West Virginia, which is like Huntington. And Huntington Prep is like a pretty solid school where there's been some big time players come out of. Like Patrick Patterson came out of there. Yeah, from, yeah, they were uh, all the, on the same team. It was yeah, crazy. Yeah. And so I remember yeah. he was talking about OJ Mayo, and the dude was like 15. Uh, yeah, and he was just he was he was balling, and and they were like, I remember he was talking about how he was the next LeBron, and so we all really followed him. And then he he kind of obviously he he struggled uh, after going to the league, and I think he got on drugs for a little bit and, and all that. Yeah, but I think he's trying to make a comeback. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, OJ was supposed to be the truth. I don't know what really happened, but yeah, that, that was crazy. That's a crazy era, man. You were literally living through print. Like, I remember seeing OJ May on there too, like, <laughs> like in seventh grade, like in Slam. Like, what? Who's this guy? Yeah, and well, I mean, and, and honestly, like, I'm, you know, so I'm, you're 26, I'm 34, so, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, but there, we, there would have been some things where you would have been in, like, uh, upper elementary school or middle school where I would have been like in college and even in uh, in upper high school where I would have basically been the guy that was your coach at basketball camp, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. So it's funny. I, I, I'm connect, I've connected to a lot of people your age because of that. Like even in my area, like, yeah. you know, I talk to them and they remember when, uh, when all that kind of stuff went down. But you, there's just a, a cultural thing, I think, in basketball that was real big in that time because we sort of uh, – uh, and we are like way off the rails, by the way, man. But it's, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, good. Right. I'm good. I'm good with it. If you're good with it, <laughs> yeah, I'm good with it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. But uh, uh, you know, like Slam kind of brought basketball and pop, put basketball and pop culture together because everything else at that time was just like, uh, just like general writing, like sports writing, right? Like Sports yeah. Illustrated. And so, exactly. with any any anytime you mix like culture with the sport. To me, like it, it makes it like infinite, infinitely cooler, right? Because yeah. that was when we started to realize that basketball was actually affecting culture in general, and then like sneakers, uh, which obviously kind of leads to where you are, and uh, and even just apparel, right? So yeah, exactly, yeah. So you gave a TED talk on this. 
I'd like to actually hear from you about that a little bit. Um, uh, uh, you spoke about like kind of like the evolution of apparel and, um, and even its future. So why don't you kind of touch on that a little bit? Yeah, man. So I did that tech talk, I would say like four or five years ago. I, I, I can't believe you've seen that by the way like i try to like hide that thing yeah like, no I, like, I, I, I go i go deep man when i find yeah. when i research my people that i'm that i'm interviewing <laughs> yeah that's crazy but yeah man i so i went to eastern michigan and dude i was just um really into um i, I did like a fashion degree overall apparel textiles and merchandising degree from there but um it was really like super fashion based but i was a sports guy and so i'd be like the only guy in all my classes and all this stuff was everybody <laughs> else like heavy sort of like like what kind of fashion were they? It was mostly uh, straight, straight, like high end fat. It was like, so it was like, like Paris so it was, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah literally. So it's like, you were a designer like that. Like you want to do like designer dresses. And it was like the merchandising kids who, who like were super into being a buyer. And then it was like pattern making a little bit, which I kind of dabbled in that too. So for me as a sportswear designer, I was getting that degree to try to tailor it to what I wanted to do. And so um, when they came, they came to my school and I was like, dude, like I love Ted talks. And I was like, dude, I want to do this. And then I got like, kind of got super nervous <laughs> how did how did you get in on that man because it's like a, it's a big deal to speak at ted like not even i mean even just uh at some at a school yeah i think um they came and then um they like you had to, like sign up and then they contacted you and then you had to do like a um basically like a thesis on what you wanted to talk about like submit like a paper or something and then they kind of picked who they who, who they thought had a good idea and uh yeah, and it was like, yeah, you got to come do a speech. And I was totally off guard. I just thought it was a cool <laughs> thing to do. So, yeah, and I did it. But, yeah, for me, man, even now, like, it's so cool to see, like, um, just the evolution of product, even just from, like, five years ago to, like, 20 years prior and, and see how um, the athlete continues to evolve. And um, I guess humans in general, we continue to evolve and, like, how, we, um, as a designer, we kind of have to create the future um, to, to make it, you know, easier for um, whatever our daily tasks are. So, that was kind of the whole point of that thing, just exploring that at the time. And uh, yeah, that was the basis of my little Ted spiel. Right. And you kind of touched on even just, uh, just culturally, like there was a moment where sports apparel was literally only used for sports. Right. And yeah, then now look crazy, at today, yeah. it's, it's, it's a straight up part of fashion. Even just high end yeah. fashion are mixing it in a little bit. Oh yeah, exactly. That's so it, being at a sportswear company like Reebok now, like, we're just trying to find that balance of like, how do you make something um, lifestyle driven, but still has the, those technical um, aspects. It, it's a, it's a really blurred line now. And it was crazy before, like it was like totally separated, but I guess it's like, Oh, people need to be comfortable. Oh, people are traveling farther. So they need more comfortable clothes. So it's just like the evolution of the human beings dictate what our needs are. It's kind of weird <laughs> to, to see that, but yeah, it's, it was, um, yeah, it was a cool little ex- project back then. But right. Yeah. So, so how did you, I mean, so footwear design is like one of those paths that, um, at, I would imagine even at this time is not super clear, right? Uh, oh, when bro, I was growing up, yeah. it definitely wasn't clear. Like I, the only thing I even knew was that you had to be essentially an industrial designer. Um, yeah. and mo- a lot of schools didn't have that program. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I even just, the first time I heard about footwear design was basically in, in slam. Right, because yeah. they had just they did the kick section, and then I think they interviewed somebody. It might have even been Tinker. I think it now might have been Eric Avar. I can't remember who it was, but it was it was like wow, this is a, this is an actual job. Yeah, yeah, man. I remember the moment when I realized that it was like I was probably like 
10 or 11 and I was um at the Flint Urban League like during a summer camp <laughs> thing and uh they had like an activity and they were like hey like you guys are gonna do some drawing today and I was like oh well I like to draw at home and it was like well you're gonna draw shoes and then my mind just exploded like hold on someone draw shoes yeah <laughs> like it was the craziest thing ever and um I had just got um I don't know if you remember the maroon uh pistons uh alternate jersey it was yeah, like yeah, when yeah, they, yeah 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 I got the Jerry Stackhouse one for school that year and I okay. couldn't wait to wear it <laughs> and so it was like summer and so I like drew a Jordan to match my Jerry Stackhouse shoes <laughs> I mean jersey and so I got in the car like mom like who draws shoes and she's like i don't know but like that could be you and like that even blew my mind even further like what i could be the guy right. drawing shoes <laughs> and um yeah man so for me that was it like that that little moment and um later on it was just like small increments of like leading me um down the path but like dude i went years without knowing anything and then the next the next big moment was like um probably around the time i was like 12 or 13 like jordan uh, brand used to do like um like a break, like a product breakdown on their website. So like they'll like the new Jeter would come out or uh, the new Mellow, and then it'll have like Dwayne Edwards talk about the Mellow and like how it performs, or Jason Maiden talk about the shit. I'm like, oh my gosh! And I remember just spending like hours, like like hitting replay, like rewatching the video. So you started. Then, to, I mean, yeah, because like I mean, it sounds like you were really paying attention to the people, right? Too, oh, like yeah. not just the actual product, but you're starting to see. Oh, here's some here's some names. These are some people that I can follow. Yeah, because it, you don't know anything. It's so hard to find. And it was like, then it was like a video with a face to it. Cause you know, like I said, YouTube wasn't even there yet. So like Jordan Brand, like Jumpman 23 was so ahead of its time. We literally had like quick time videos and like all these like crazy, like exploding angles of shoes. So I was just like blown away. And, uh, and then Soul Collector, I remember going into Borders at the time and I was like 13 and uh, the Jordan 20 Soul Collector had came out. So it was like 2005 or something like that. And I remember picking that up and I, and that was it. Cause it, it had like, the their names, what they did, the story for all the shoes that had the pictures of their I remember sketches. That. Yeah, and that was the uh, chromosome Jordan, right? Yep. Oh my so, god. So, dude, yeah. here's the thing that's crazy about that man. Like, I had just like I graduated college in 2005. Yeah. I, I was working at a place called Host Communications, which is basically IMG College right now. Yeah. Um, and so I'm working in sports, and uh, this Jordan came out, and Wyden Kennedy did a campaign where. And I still have this YouTube video saved. I, I like I even still watch it every once in a while because it's yeah. just inspiring. But it's the one where they filmed all those kids kind of mimicking Jordan. Yeah, man. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. And yeah. that thing, and I watched it, and I was trying to tell everybody I worked with, I was like, <laughs> this is so funny, man, because like nobody really got it. But I was like, God, you, you don't understand, man. This video is like revolutionary. And everybody's watching it, and they're like, big deal, man. What is that? I'm like, do you not understand what's happening here? Yeah, literally. Yeah, like, dude. Like these kids are literally doing these moves and you know what's crazy? The first time the video came out, you know, you didn't know what it was, right? Because you hadn't seen (laughs) it before and there was no branding on it but then you're sitting there watching and you're like, hang on a second. Uh, This looks familiar. Like uh, this crossover that just happened, yeah, I know what this is. And then at the end when it it comes out, it's like Jordan, he just kind of gives that head nod. Man, I got, I still, I get cold chills even thinking about it because it was so amazing because they hit you right. They hit the people that were very passionate about that. Oh man, it was crazy. Cause like, I remember like my cousins, like, and just seeing like, even before that commercial, like the most deaf, like (laughs) 
ad and they're like playing a random gym in Brooklyn and like Michael Jordan shows up and like <laughs> like what's going on or like uh, the uh, the Castle of Love one when they're like introducing the Jordan brand athletes and it's like the Stevie Wonder song playing and it's like oh my god like what is this you just see like Eddie Jones face <laughs> like Derek oh, Jeter Eddie Jones <laughs> is a blast from the past man <laughs> oh man uh, d- yeah. see that there was actually so when they came out with the Jordan brand uh, you know when that branched off right and he yeah. brought in some of those other guys and you had like Team Jordans uh, University of Cincinnati was like straight jo- Jordan, right? It was them and somebody. I can't remember who the other one was, but it was it them. It was uh, St. John's was I th- one. I think that's right, yeah. But but I remember UC, like, so Bobby Huggins at the time, who's now at West Virginia, was at UC. Yeah. And, and so UC, like, so for me, I, I was just a basketball kid, man. I loved basketball. I loved basketball culture. I loved college basketball. I loved NBA basketball and everything about it. So I would just consume, right? I just consumed yep. everything. And I was a fan of Cincinnati. Like when you're a kid, it's almost like you can be fans of multiple teams because you're a kid, right? And you don't take it that serious. Yeah. It really wasn't until I got to college that I kind of went all in on Kentucky because for me then it was like, now it's me against everybody else, right? Because you, know, yeah. you had people from Louisville that came in, people from Ohio State. And it was like, oh no, I got I got to represent where I'm from, right? Like I'm yeah. I'm a Kentucky kid, but um, but I remember paying attention to Cincinnati at the time, and they had those brand Jordans, and there was a guy from Kentucky, uh, Derek Anderson, mm-hmm. who, who wore yeah. those Jordans at the time, who was on that initial initial thing. Yeah, DA. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, there it was like crazy. Like that, that was the initial squad, and then. Uh, for me, it was even more crazier because then they added these like Derek Jeter, Warren Sapp, and Randy Moss. So I'm like, right. this is a basketball shoe. Like, hold right. on, it's a, what's happening? And so like, I just remember seeing like Warren Sapp like wearing like a high cut like Jordan 13, and like, what's on his feet? Like, that looks like the the 13, but it's not. Right. It's something's different. Like, and I, I was just so enamored with the whole the whole way yeah, that they and, rolled out and everything. See, when they started breaking out to the other sports, they actually hit me hard like a couple of years ago when they when they collabed with Neymar. Yeah. And they yeah, came the out soccer, with the soccer yeah. cleats. Because I'm a soccer guy too. And and when it came out with those and then I actually bought those Jordan fives, the Neymar Jordan fives. And it's funny, man, because I wear them sometimes and it's only like people that are really deep see it. Cause I was walking somewhere and they're like, hey man. <laughs> I see those like <laughs> so yeah. then you, it's, yeah. it's kind of like that not that wink thing right where it's like all right yeah. you, you, we get each other <laughs> yeah no man, I totally get it yeah, that's crazy yeah they were they were their their marketing was just so ahead <laughs> yeah oh well dude Wyden and Kennedy man like that's yeah. like Wyden and Kennedy and and Nike made each other right because they yeah, both started exactly. working together when they were very very uh, early and both of them were tiny companies. Right. And then so each one, they just, it's, be, it's been this long standing relationship. And honestly, I think if anybody can look at that, that, and really just to be able to tell that business is all about relationships, period. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's something I've been able to learn over, over my time. And I'm sure you've been able to learn that even, even at your age, being out of school for yeah. just a couple of years. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So talk to me about, um, you did an internship. At this place, I noticed on your LinkedIn profile, Bob's Classic Kicks I, oh, in man. Detroit. So I got to hear. I, I need to hear about this because this whole sneaker boutique thing popping up, it's really blown up in the last ten years. Yeah, man. So again, I'm from Flint, dude. So uh, I I had like a super small <laughs> scope of the rest of the world. Like I never really left the city much growing up. And uh, when I went to school, um, 
we had like a, uh, like speakers coming and talk when I was at Eastern and one of the, uh, the owners, um, from Bob classic kicks, Jason came in and I was just amazed. Cause like this dude has his own store and like, I didn't boutiques were still new to me around that time. Like I'm just used to foot locker. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Mall uh-huh. stores. And so it was cool. And so I, um, for me, man, I just was like, my goal was to get to a sportswear brand. So literally I was just on the grind. Like I knew what I wanted to do from a young age and every year it was just like, how do I get there? How do I get there? And so, um, I had my portfolio with me and I showed, uh, Jason and he was like, Oh, it's good stuff. He's like, you could come intern. You're not going to get paid or whatever. And I was just so happy because like, that was my first ever real design. So, so (laughs) what, what was actually, what was your portfolio? What did it consist of at that time? At that time? Like what kind of work was was it? Right. Cause your textile kind of design and all that. Yeah, so um, basically it was like like those intro- – so I had a few shoes. So in two, so around that time too, like 2009, 2010, um, before Dwayne created Pencil, he was doing this thing called Nike Future Soul while he was still at Jordan Brand. And it was like for up-and-coming designers, and you would submit like a concept based on whatever category they had. And um, and then you would be selected, and um, you would, like the winners would get flown out to Portland and go to Nike's campus, and they'll make your shoe. And so – I end up placing top six in the country one of those years. And um, I end up not winning and getting flown out to Portland, but that was enough right there to be like, dude, I can actually do this maybe. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> so, man. Yeah. And um, at the time it was this uh, website called Project Bluefoot as well. And um, it was just like a forum of like sneaker designers, inspiring sneaker designers, but then it'll be actual designers giving you feedback and tips and um, spent time in there. And um, yeah, I didn't really... Like I wasn't really taught a lot of that stuff in high school and stuff like that until like my senior year or junior year, I left and started going into this uh, like design kind of program where I could leave school for half the day and then go do this design program and then come back and like play sports or whatever. (laughs) So it was super cool. But yeah, so um, I had a decent amount of stuff. And then uh, when I got to Eastern, I had to start um, taking some like introduction, um, introduction to like apparel classes and stuff like that. And so... um, they were learning like basis of like illustrator and how to do like CAD files for like apparel, like t-shirts, hoodies and stuff. And I had already knew illustrator a little bit. So like I would do like my hoodie a different way and like do the theme differently. Then I would just make up a brand and slap it on there. So like a list graphic hoodies and tees and uh, that was enough to impress them. So that, and like a handful of like Nike shoes I had did at the time. And when I showed him, he was like, cool. And, and again, I just, my, my knowledge of a boutique was still very small at the time. And so, uh, I uh, interned for them were they new? at the time. I had no, they were around maybe a, a couple years, maybe okay. three, four years before. I wasn't really sure um, how long they were around, but um, they gave me the opportunity to actually design. So they were impressed with my work, but it was looking back. I was like, dude, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but, so what, what were but, you designing? Um, like apparel? Yes. I was designing okay. apparel, but also like by accident, like I kind of like designed their new branding and, okay. <laughs> and like all this random stuff. And at the time I didn't know, I was just like, Oh, I think this script will look cool on a t-shirt. And I like hand drew it and they'll be like, Oh, cool. And then next thing I know, like, um, it'll be on shirts. And then later, a couple years later, they put it in the floor and like, they still use it to this day. And it was like, dude, I was like 19, 20 years old at the time. Didn't know what I was really doing. And like, and um, they gave me the opportunity to do that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, so doing shirts, um, a couple hats, stuff like that. So just like logo stuff at the time. So, so but yeah. the Bob's Classic Kicks logo is that yours? Yeah, probably. They had one was like a stacked logo. And yeah, there was yeah, yeah. One with like, like yeah. So that one was there, and then they okay. like try to introduce like this script font, and then I had to like incorporate that logo. It was, it was kind of weird because I don't think they really. 
I mean, no disrespect. I don't think they really understand like branding and stuff as well. <laughs> like these yeah. are guys who go to sneaker shop, but they didn't really know how to properly do stuff. So now, right. which back, you know what though, actually, something that's interesting about that is that um, at back then they probably didn't, but now they it's like all these guys understand it. It's crazy. Like all these guys running these boutiques, they get yeah. it. Yeah, they get exactly. it honestly more than some designers. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that was yeah back in the day. Yeah, like I I know you were talking about Kith not too long ago. Kith is like the like king of that. Like <laughs> like what Ronnie Feig does is like unbelievable. Yeah, like, that guy, man. I, I tell people all the time because everybody's kind of falls into this this uh, little echo chamber of looking at the same stuff and talking about the same stuff. So one thing I've always been inspired by is fashion, right? And and I think that fashion is one of those industries that it, every designer should probably start looking at and being like, what are they doing? Because usually they're on the cutting edge of a lot of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. As far as, and then, I mean, that guy's literally setting the trend. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen his, uh, he had a, like a like a big interview on uh, Complex not too long ago and you kind of broke down his journey, but it's really cool. Yes. You should check it out. Is it with, yeah. with him in the room with the guy that kind of has like yeah. the white streak in his hair? Yeah, yeah exactly. I watched yeah. it. I watched, yeah, a, I watched was... a bunch of those, man. I watched the guy from the hundreds. Yeah, yeah, Bobby Hundred. That was good too. Yeah, you can go deep on those because the, they're creative people. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly. that's what's inspiring. And I think that so many people get stuck in this little bubble of like, I, I, I got to look and see what X designer is doing at x team and it's like no man you you really got to start looking outside of that and paying attention because like for me I, i'm not even streetwear is something that inspires me but it's not even something that i actually even own or have on every day right yeah like i love sneakers and all that but i still have just like regular button-up shirts <laughs> like yeah you know i've yeah. never waited in line for like a supreme hoodie or whatever yeah i'm not exactly. saying i wouldn't buy one if i could get my hands on one but i'm not, i just i don't do that kind of stuff like i don't yeah. go wait in lines and all that i remember when the 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 first time the gray Air Jordan 11s came out. The first time uh, cool ever. Grace. Yes. Yeah. And I was in yeah. like, I think I was in early high school. And yeah. there was a finish line and they were going to have them. And uh, that was the first time. Honestly, that was the first time that I ever heard about somebody getting like physically hurt or like a shooting or yeah. something occurring over sneakers. And, you know, it's unfortunate, right? Because that's become really almost like a big part of it now. Um, yeah, it's terrible. It's super terrible, especially because it's like, dude, it's just the sneaker. But um, it sucks because I guess people are like that. Um, it's usually like a, a poverty driven thing where that means so much to them that they're willing to like literally risk their lives, freedom, uh, health. It's crazy to think about for something that's material. But, I agree. Uh, I agree 100%. And I think that, honestly, that's the most unfortunate thing about sneakers, because if you think about they're 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 look. I mean, I, I had a I had a buddy who uh, who was talking about this the other day. He interviews um, a lot of like black entrepreneurs, and I, I come in and just pop in every once in a while. And he does like Facebook lives, right? And we're not even the same. He's just in my city, and I know him, and we're buddies. But he does like Bitcoin. He's really into cryptocurrency. But I pop into things like that and just kind of hang out just to see like what else is happening in the world, right? Because um, I think it's good to have a bunch of interests. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we got to talking about that and he was like, you know, and we got to talking about sneakers in general and how, you know, I even myself think how many pairs of sneakers I've funded or I've bought over all these years and that I could have taken that money and either one put it into like some type of 401k or something <laughs> or, or just donated it. Right. And so it's crazy how much money gets spent, but no, I agree, man. It kind of becomes like this weird poverty driven thing. And that for me is where I kind of conflict a little bit with, um, 
some of the marketing and some of the like very custom and small releases with with some of these brands, yeah. right? Because it, you're almost facilitating that to an extent because it's like, okay, have you never looked at that, right? And understood that like the the, the sneaker culture has developed to this place where that's going to happen no matter what, right? So you got to yeah. like expand, either affect the prices or like expand how many releases that you have, make them easier yeah. to get. Exactly, yeah, and then social media has only amplified it, you know, because like before it was like a really like a niche thing. Like if you were in the know, you were in the know. But like I remember coming like 2010, 2011, everyone was like trying to get the next retro Jordan. I'm like, dude, you don't even know like what this is. And now it's like with the social media, like the Instagram feeds, and like I mean, everyone's like on alert. Now they have like all these, uh, like you got a what is it? Um, get like a ticket in the system and yeah. all this crazy. It's like man, it's just it's only amplifying it. I mean, look at Yeezy. Like I don't know how many pairs they've done total, but like dude, like everything sells out in like less than like five minutes. Like right. you can't even get on the website. <laughs> like, yeah, and I get that. Like, and I think you you know you probably understand this obviously with what you do for a living, and and as a, as just a designer slash marketer for me i get it too because they're trying to create like yeah this. drive hype yeah and then you can it'll go it'll um spread out through the other product offerings so right. you can't get that it's one, like a, it's have. a scarcity thing if you create scarcity people are going to want something right and yeah, it might exactly. not even be scarce but it's like yeah. your marketing campaign makes it scarce right exactly yeah no that's a great point yeah, I find it weird too, though. Speaking on that, like the the culture now, because um, I guess like when I was coming up, I wanted the newest Jordan because it was the best basketball shoe at the time. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So every year was a, it was a better improvement on whatever they did before. But now it's like everything's so fashion and streetwear driven. Like you know, it's kind of crazy. Like a shoe like the Yeezy is the hottest shoe. It, that's mind boggling to me because it, it doesn't serve a function. But um, I mean, it's just weird. Especially when I was like, I, I tell people all the time, even here, I'm like, dude, like Kanye. Kanye, like the first Nike Adidas, I mean, not uh, not Nike, the Nike Yeezy came out like 2008, 2009. So it's like, it's a decade of him dominating footwear. He so like, probably actually even made it mainstream in terms of just footwear being like, like yeah. just kind of for people, just like just the culture in general. Yeah, definitely. Because it used to be, man, if you wore Jordans, like you were a basketball guy. Yeah, you are playing basketball. Or girl, yeah. right? Like anybody girl, was yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I was like, dude, if a kid's 16 now, he was six years old when that first Yeezy came out. <laughs> oh, wow, dude, so like, that right so, there makes me feel massively old. Because right, I, th- so, I thought you were going to say Jordans. I was like, he was he was like six when the Jordans. I was like, no, dude, when the Yeezys came out, because it feels like the Yeezys yeah, just came out. Right, yeah. So I'm like, dude, his, like, so the, the consumer we were after, that cool 16, 17-year-old kid, only knows Kanye. Like, he's he means more than Jordan could ever mean to him. Like, and I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> but it's like, it's crazy to think about. Like, it's been over a decade this dude has been at the the top of footwear and is i mean probably the 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 senior uh, single most in- influential person to kind of change things thus far it's, it's crazy to think about so my uh uh when i was in high school like this is back when converse was still doing their big thing yeah. with team sports yeah. so like every yeah. coach wanted to order like these converse shoes and they were always they were always awful they tore yeah. up man and they looked so ugly i remember they brought back like this weird like retro slash futuristic mix of like the Chuck Taylor. Do you remember that? It had this huge yeah, yeah. thick sole. I mean, they were awful. That was our team yeah. shoe. I could wow. not stand them. And then that's terrible. And then when I got to high school, um, we got to the it got to the point where we were we were allowed to wear our own sneakers as long as they matched the colors of the uniforms. Right. So like yeah. I couldn't wear anything crazy, but um 
I was able to wear, and we couldn't wear black. Like our coach was like, we couldn't wear black <laughs> socks, right? Cause like black socks wow. were hot back then. So it was like, yeah. ah, you gotta, but now, man, I sit here and watch this, the coach at the same high school. Like he just lets you can wear whatever you want, man. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like you wear, yeah. I see kids wearing like pink socks uh, with oh, like a yeah. red, white, and blue uniform, right? <laughs> they yeah, don't care. Fluorescent shoes, like totally different. Yeah. Color. That's the cool thing. Now. I'm like, like I, I grew up in, the, I grew up in the wrong era, man. <laughs> like I would have yeah, right. been totally rocking all that kind of crazy stuff. But I actually wore the, the 14s, the Jordan 14s when I was a sophomore. Uh, and then oh, that yeah. sort of broke me into just like wearing my own thing every year. The next year I wore just like a Nike team shoe, like there's a white and red one. And then my senior year I actually wore like those Vince Carter and ones that he won a dunk contest. Oh in. yeah. The Tai Chi's. Yeah, yes. Those are sick. Yeah. I got super big in an and one for a while and, and, uh, Oh man, dude. Yeah. That's a whole, like dude, and one, like they, See, we've like, had this conversation. A lot of people don't yeah. know. We've been talking behind the scenes for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, and one is amazing, dude. Like the whole marketing, the the, the players, the tour. It was so <laughs> unconventional. Like I don't know, it was crazy. Yeah, that there was, was a cra- uh, um, crazy era. Uh, and those like the mixtapes. See, the mixtapes yeah. really just absolutely killed everything. Like they they just yeah. they, and honestly, here's another aspect of where people don't under people don't a lot of people don't know when you tie marketing and design and branding to a brand that. Alex Pogusky, who was an advertising legend and yeah. basically left the industry because um, he was uh, he was feeling very conflicted about selling cheeseburgers like to kids, right? Because he was a um, he was like a big key for like the Burger King rebrand when they brought out the King, you know that yeah. creepy looking King and all that. Um, yeah. He was real big in that, but he he started feeling very conflicted because I guess his daughter had a uh, some type of, type of food allergy. But anyway, mm-hmm. like uh, that he was one of the big guys behind all the brand and the illustrations and the videos, right? Like they discovered the videos and was like, we got to put this out here, man. This is, this is basically going to go viral. And before viral was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so so crazy. These kids now watch these mixtapes, the full mixtapes on YouTube. And I'm like, man, you don't understand. You almost, you had to wait in line to get mixtapes. Oh man. Like I used to, Beg my mom, like, I just need a t-shirt. If you can go and buy a t-shirt, I can get the new tape. <laughs> like, and it would suck because like, they would sell out. And they were we VHS, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I'll bring them to school and show my friend. I got the new tape. And, like, <laughs> I love the artwork on them. Like, just oh, the artwork gosh. on the front. I was like, yeah, man, if I could man. just design artwork for this one day, it would be a dream. Bro, bro, I'm exactly the same way. Like, and one was like the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Like, I remember I thought those guys were like better than all the NBA players at a point. <laughs> like I'm like, dude, if hot sauce could probably yeah. be like Ellen Have you seen this? Have you seen this video floating around Facebook and Instagram where this cop comes into a gym and he like does the hot sauce move where he flips it over his yeah. head? Yeah. And yeah, I remember I when he that. did that and I'm watching all these comments like, oh, that was crazy and all stuff. And I'm like, man, you guys don't even know. Like this is a hot sauce move from back in the day. Right. Yeah, I learned I that move, that. man. I remember I did that. We used to go play at this place. Uh, it was called the pool. It was basically a city pool. And yeah. uh, we just go play basketball there on the outdoor courts. Nobody plays on outdoor courts anymore. Uh, yeah, you know, right. Which is which is sad because there was that was a that was a huge part of basketball culture, man. Playing on outdoor courts now. It's, now everybody just plays AAU inside because they're afraid of their yeah. knees. Yeah, yeah, dude. My whole childhood just thrashing shoes every summer. Like, yeah. <laughs> like no, dude. I, I would always wear last year's shoes. Like yep. anything new? No, they didn't go outside. Like I wore right. last year's team shoe or whatever yeah. when we was playing outside. It's basically you had two pairs of shoes. You had the ones that you wore inside, yeah, <laughs> and then the ones yeah. that you wore outside. <laughs> yeah, I actually um one of the last shoes I played outside in was the Mellow M4. It was one Dwayne did, but I wore the the 
the outsole and midsole all the way to the air unit. Like I wore wow. it all the way. Yeah. Like I wore that like for two years straight. It was like my favorite shoe. It's probably my favorite basketball shoe ever, like comfort wise. That's crazy. But what I was going to say is I actually, I learned, because you used to just practice those moves, right? Those oh, AM1 yeah. moves. And oh, I learned gosh. that hot sauce move. And I remember I did that in the game <laughs> and it was crazy. Of course, it's everybody's like, oh, it's a walk, which it's fine. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. that was fun to see that work. That was yeah. super fun to see that work. <laughs> yeah, but that was always great to get like a move off randomly. <laughs> yeah. See, I actually went and watched. Uh, uh, so a bunch of those guys came in um, to. Uh, um, there's a there's a historical black college here called Kentucky State. They call it K State. It's like in the in the capital. It's about an hour or well, it's about uh, thirty minutes up north of Lexington. And and one came down, but it wasn't and one. It was weird. It was like all the guys, but it was like some other thing, like some separate Dude. tour. Dude, I think I went to that too. Uh, <laughs> they came to Flint. <laughs> what was the name of that tour that time? But like 50 was there and like half man, half amazing. <laughs> yeah. It was everyone, but it just wasn't and one. Yep. What was that called? Yeah. I remember that, dude. I went to that too. They came to like the Pirani Arena in uh, Flint. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> it's kind of like and one, but it ain't. <laughs> yeah. I went, man. I got a picture of me and uh, 50. <laughs> I'm a, I got a, uh, I have on cool. an and one hoodie. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, man. 50. That was a good time. So I want to talk, um, uh, you, you know, you kind of floated around like after you graduated. Well, actually, I want to talk about Pencil. Uh, this oh, is, yeah. So, so you were in school. You got in at Pencil. You mentioned the name Dwayne Edwards. I know who he is, but for people that don't know who this legendary dude is, let, let's get a little bit of that. Yeah, man. So uh, Dwayne, man, he's, um, man, like a super legend in the footwear industry, probably one of the mo most influential footwear designers. Um, dude never went to college. He always, he's never stepped foot in a college classroom. Um, at 19, he, uh, I think he got like a janitorial job at Skechers. Isn't actually. he from Compton he, or something? Like he's from Inglewood. Inglewood. Okay, yeah. okay, he wears yeah. his, he wears his, sing, sing, his, uh, his signature Inglewood hoodie everywhere he goes. So it's like his like statement, but yeah. And he's like, dude, like I just wanted to draw sneakers and he got a job like, doing janitorial work there. And he's like, I did a different sketch of a sneaker every single day and put it in the suggestion box for like seven months or something. <laughs> like every day he would do it. Yeah. And um, they offered him a job. So then he became like one of like two black footwear designers in the industry and like the youngest at 19 years old. At Skechers. And uh, from there, man, he bounced around a little bit. He did stuff like Carl Kanai. Um, and then he went to Nike. And then he eventually became the director of footwear um, for Brand Jordan. And um, there, yeah, he worked with everyone from Jordan himself to um, all the Jordan brand athletes. And um, he kind of helped usher in kind of like a, a new wave of designers. So like my favorite designer, kind of like my hero was uh, Jason Maiden. He still is my hero, Jason Maiden. So he was like... Um, yeah, so that guy was. I'm like, dude, I got to be like this dude. He went to CCS. Uh, I got to see. He got big to... into startups now, which is you know, yeah. I think cool. Exactly. Yeah, but his his approach and the way he thinks, uh, all those guys, it's kind of like I don't know where Dwayne got it from or who mentored him, but just hearing him speak in their approach to life and design, it's it's so amazing. Just just being around them dudes for like ten minutes, so it's like a life changing moment every time. So. um yeah, actually, both of those dudes. Like, I tried to, I tried, I hit up Jason to try to get him on the show. I couldn't, I couldn't get a hold of him. But even Dwayne, like, I connected to Dwayne on LinkedIn, and uh, and I'm trying to get him on the show. He's kind of like my, he's kind of like the Moby Dick man. Like, he's the he's the white whale that you can't capture. There's a uh, Tinker Hatfield's the same way. Um, yeah, exactly. But you know, like, he, the thing is, uh, 
um, the, well, the fact that he approved me on LinkedIn, I'm like, well, there's hope, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, and he's so, yeah, he's super, he's always busy too because it's, it's crazy to think about because um, like when I was there, I was like, dude, like, oh, like I'm going to like try to build a rapport with this guy and it's, I mean, we, we talk very, very, uh, um, like rarely, but it's still like, he has so much going. It's it's unbelievable. Like this dude built a school. <laughs> like, yeah. How do you build a school? Right. Like, yeah. Tell yeah, us about it, that school, man. Because you, you were how many class? I mean, how many groups had gone before you even? Because it had to be pretty fresh, right, at the time when you went. Yeah, it was. It was probably out maybe a couple years. And like I said, um, this was like an extension of Nike Future Soul. So after he left Nike, he was like his passion was to kind of uh, inspire new footwear designers and to kind of create the change in the industry because he said he wasn't happy with the talent that was getting into the industry. He felt like he could prepare them prepare them younger um, before that. And so that was kind of his mission with Future Soul. And he left Nike to start Pencil. And um, yeah, man, so actually um, when I went, I had just finished up school somewhat, um, was finishing that up. And then um, it was an Adidas like class or whatnot. So Adidas kind of selected like nine footwear designers and three color and material designers through Pencil. And we got to actually kind of uh, do projects and work with the brand. So like we would go back and forth for like the glo- the global HQ and like meet with our design team. So I was like in originals and I'll meet with those guys and tell them like what I'm trying to do. And then you come back and then Dwayne will like coach you up or like tell, tell you like your concept sucks and like start over. So it's like- Yeah, he's pretty like- brutal, man. I've noticed that because I watched uh, the YouTube Red series with oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he loves to say, I'm very black and white. It's in between with me. Like, it's either it's Hey, right but you know what, though? Wrong. Like, that produces some of... <laughs> people don't understand a lot of times. Like, I think a lot of this, a lot of people think, and especially in the sports world, because there's a lot of people that aren't classically trained designers in sports. They kind of get into, like, oh, trying to be nice. But a lot of critiques, man, are brutal. Yeah, he's... Especially he's, in he's art schools brutal. or any kind of places like that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, with him too, it's like, cause a lot of these kids are like, you know, like the Instagram guys and, and stuff like that. And so it's like a generation that, that kind of lost like the, uh, like the, the essence or the, or like, you know, what, like the structural foundation of footwear design. And so they come in kind of as big shots. And so Dwayne, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of cool to see. Cause he's like, dude, like you don't really know what you think, you know. And a lot of times it's that power struggle with like some of the younger guys. But for me, I was like, dude, I'm keeping my mouth shut. Whatever this dude tells me I'm going to do. <laughs> like, this dude's like my hero. So yeah, it's, it was, it was, it was great, but it was definitely like boot camp, man. Like literally like get up at six, try to get there early as possible. Every minute you're late, you have to do 10 pushups for, for every minute you're over. Oh really? So um, it's like physical too. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because he's like, I don't, I'm not late. Like, do not be late. So like, if you think you sneak in, like he didn't see you, he sees you. Like he know, it's like, dude, he like knows everything. It's crazy. He's like a like a master. So like, so was it actually a part of Adidas then? <laughs> um yeah, so it was called Adidas Earn, Earn Your Stripes. Okay, yeah. but then was it called Penso? Yeah, yeah, it was Penso. So what he does, he does. Uh, so he sort of owned the trademark or the uh, the copyright to the name Penso because now it's like kind of is it still separate or what? Because I couldn't figure that out with the. So so it's still separate. So Penso is its own school. It's like a footwear design school. And what he does, he has sponsored like courses or like uh, programs. So he'll bring a Nike in or Asics in or a Foot Locker. And then those are like a little bit more high profiled or whatnot. And uh, it gives kids the opportunity to kind of interact with those brands and, and stuff like that. So he has sponsored courses. And then Pencil has their own courses as well, where you go there and meet with like Dwayne and Suzette Henry, who's the uh, the uh, material. She was um, on there, right? She was on, I think she was on yeah, the show. Yeah, because she exactly. was pretty hardcore too. Yeah, pretty hardcore too. Yeah, yeah. So, she was yeah, like, they, y'all ain't about to be wasting my materials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, yeah. So they're, they're like the tag team. And she used to work at Jordan Brand with him as well. 
And so, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, they, they just bring kids in and out and you're there for like almost a month just going hard, like literally like 12, 14 hour work days. It's like, like footwear design boot camp kind of. Li- literally. And it breaks people. It's crazy you see like people like quit people are like <laughs> you know it's, it's emotionally and mentally taxing at a, at a point in time but um i mean for me it was like everything i needed in life to kind of prepare me going forward so after that i'm like dude i'm, I'm ready for anything <laughs> the way i looked at it so so after that you kind of uh you sort of floated around in like the nba and nfl a little bit right a little bit, yeah. So I didn't get a lot of internships in school that were like, you know, those marquee internships being I didn't go to like a big design school. And um, also, to be honest, too, like my portfolio was solid for where I was at, but I wasn't at the level of a lot of these kids from these top design schools either. So even going to pencil, like you recalibrate the way you think and, and what you need to do to be successful. And uh, that's what I did. And actually, my first gig after that, um, my uh, fiance now, she had got an internship with the Sacramento Kings at the time. And I was like, I'm not leaving Portland. I'm in the know. I like know these designers now. Like I can't Oh, leave. dude, it would be so hard to leave Portland if you're a sneaker designer, oh, man. Bro. And like, like I said, like you being on the Adidas HQ and meeting with these guys, I'm like, dude, like I could probably make it in this industry. And um, she had got an internship and she convinced me to go out with her to like get set up. And um, actually, so I, I went with her and the first day there, I'm looking for jobs. I'm like jealous, like, man, <laughs> like she's doing it big. I don't know what I'm doing. And, yeah. Uh, I applied to work at the Adidas store at the arena and they called me back in a couple hours like, yeah, so um, we don't have uh we don't have any openings in the store, but would you want to work in the locker room? Because I had equipment experience because I did uh, some equipment in college um, working for the athletic teams. And so um, I was like, sure. And I literally, that like, was my first gig. And I, I grinded that out for a season uh, doing that stuff, which was was cool. But after a while, I got kind of old. Like, dude, I don't care about these dudes. Like, I'm a grown man, too. I'm not going to pan for a black. I'm not. Like, I'm not. So I got over that. Was and, um, Demarcus there I, yet? I don't think he was there yet. Was, yeah, yeah, was, he was there. Oh, was yeah, he? yeah, yeah. And it's funny because we're like the same age. He's maybe like a year or something older than me. And it's like at the time, like, dude, I was like struggling. Like I'm walking to work and this dude pulls up in a five hundred thousand dollar fan. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, dude. Yeah, man, you can't like, look at people that are just killing it at your age, man. Because trust me, yeah. I've been doing that for years. I see Mark Zuckerberg is my age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Like, and then he's not the nicest guy at all. So like, it was cool, like working in the locker room and stuff. And it was really cool working on um, on game days because um, I would get to work on the away team side. So getting to interact with like the dudes I like like grew up watching and seeing like LeBron and like freaking out like that's Bron like dude hey like but it's crazy to see how different teams interact with um, with one another and like the professionalism of certain clubs and stuff. It was so cool like to see the behind the scene elements of stuff. But, but it was awesome. And so um, from there, man, I uh, just was trying to network while I was there. Like, I'm in the NBA somewhat, and uh, I, I got an internship doing graphics for the Sacramento Kings. And, uh, yeah, Sarah Molina, she's a senior designer there. Um, she got me um, the position to do graphics, and, I, man, I, that was, like, the biggest blessing of my life. Her and Ryan Bryce, who's creative director, mm-hmm. and that was kind of, like, my first Yeah, he's still there, right? Like, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I know who he is. He, actually, I met him at Creative, uh, or at uh, MLC Connect. Yeah, amazing dude, man. That was probably like, that's definitely one of my best experiences ever, just dealing with those guys. And I mean, how great they were, how the team worked. It, it was awesome. Yeah, so I um, did that for a, a decent amount of time, a few months or so. And then um, it got to a point where um, I was like, dude, like I kind of wanted a job. And Ryan kind of, he let me do some freelance work. And then he was kind of like, well, they didn't really have the budget at the time to to bring me on. And I was like heartbroken, like, no. And, um, and also my heart was always in footwear too, but um, I was just, 
just, you know, trying to ride this wave out. Cause I literally went from like, like literally working in the locker room, working at sports authority part time <laughs> to like, like, you know, trying to get stuff going. Right, to, um, right. Now I'm literally work like designing cool stuff and like being involved in stuff. And so, um, started applying and, um, had a few interviews at different places. And then, um, the Atlanta Falcons kind of came up. And so, um, that was really cool. So Mike Benford, um, kind of gave me the opportunity to come down there for a little bit. And, um, at this time, so how did also, you end up connecting, connecting with him? Um, I just applied on like, I think it's like the, what's the name of the website? Like sports, uh, oh, teamwork PM or whatever. Teamwork. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just applied on teamwork and I was actually getting interviews. I mean, calls. And that was so cool to me. Cause I was like, I'll apply to a job and get a call. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm doing something cool now. Cause before I wouldn't get anything. <laughs> like yeah. I literally like applied countless times with the same portfolio. And no one cared until I got like that little team experience. And, uh, yeah. And so, um, he, yeah, he offered me a, that's um, the thing, man, about of, sports. Like it's like, it's hard to break in, but once you get the team experience, it's, it's good. It's cool. Yeah, literally, Even man. freelancers, like, you could have worked with every team in the country, but if you haven't worked in-house, for some reason, it's even hard to get in. Yeah, yeah that was crazy. And then everyone kind of saw me, too. Like, my uh, my friend who worked for the Kings, she uh, her name's Lauren Belair. She worked for the Vikings before she went to Sacramento. She's like, yeah, NFL's like, step up, more money, it's super cool. And so, well, Mike Benford, like, he, he offered me a position. I was like, sure. And um, went down there and uh, I actually had uh, worked with Britt and Tucker for a little bit, like a very short yep. time. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, actually. Yeah. So Britt, after we got off the episode, uh, she DM'd me not too long later. And she was like, you know what, man? Like when you said his name, she's like, I, she didn't hardly hear exactly what I said almost, but it was like, she went back and listened and she was like, I, I know who that is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I was there for like super short and um it was it, it was kind of sucky too because um I my so my girlfriend at the time was uh she was still in Sacramento and we were trying to figure out the move, but then she started getting interest from ESPN. And so they're in Boston. So the plan was to move from California to Atlanta, try to figure out start fresh, especially like with um the the soccer club starting up and all that stuff. The Mercedes Benz uh, st- arena was a uh, stadium was opening all that stuff. So I was like, Dude, this is a good opportunity for me to grow. I like the team, and um, I did that for a while. And I was uh, trying to convince Mike to let me work from home, and didn't really pan out. And then she ended up getting a job there, but just so happened, uh, <laughs> New Balance kind of popped up, and it was kind of um, a good opportunity. But I mean, the pay was was really good too, even though it was an internship. It was like, I mean competitive for what I was making there. And I was like, dude, I'm going to try this out. And, uh, we moved to, to the Boston area afterwards. And so, um, did so that. did your, uh, is your girlfriend, you meet her in college? Um, actually like around senior year of high school, um, actually in a graphic design class at that, uh, at the, G, uh, it's called the skill center, G I S C skill center where I was doing graphic design and she just randomly got in the class. Like she had no, like no artistic. I got you. Whatsoever. It's funny. I was trying to draw another comparison. Cause like I, I started dating my wife, like, when I was a senior in college. And then I got married about the time that probably what age you are right now. Yep, yep. That's what we're trying to do now. So we're trying to finalize that stuff. But yeah, so I met her then. And, uh, so that's another thing that we found this, I guess, in common. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're like the same dude. <laughs> Except you went the path I always wanted to go, man. I didn't. Oh, man, do it. I'm telling you, bro. Like, do it. Because, I, dude, I was sitting there like, I don't know how, I'm gonna, how this is going to get better for me. And, I mean, it just started – working man and even now man it's still working and um like i said i went to new balance and i thought that was it like man this is amazing i was learning so much um my manager andrew neeson who's still there man great dude and those dudes are so experienced and like it's so technical and i was like learning the nitty-gritty for a while and like 
my boy Charles Hahn, super talented. He just went to Nike, but it was just like just being around like that. Those guys who were like really in the footwear and uh, really passionate about like design and, and performance. That was a great experience. Were you, were you getting to work on? Did you get to work on any lifestyle stuff up there at New Balance? Um, not really. So um, I was in Lawrence, Massachusetts. I was in the running category at the time when I was uh, interning, but. Um, they were starting this new um, kind of category, kind of mixed with lifestyle, because they uh, had signed uh, this guy named Trayvon Bromel, who's a, he's a, I forget what he runs at LSU, but he was like a, a Olympic athlete. And so they were trying to do stuff that was a little bit more lifestyle centered. So it fit him because he was a younger, kind of flashier kid. So they were like, okay, like maybe we can start doing some stuff for him. So I worked on like a few tech packs for like spikes. And then I, I started a concept for a, a couple shoes for him. Um, along with Bart Liang, who's a designer there, um, for like the Vazi line. So it was like a more sport kind of uh, lifestyle-driven uh, kind of category at the time they were trying to develop. And um, yeah, but yeah, lifestyle's down in Brighton, and then uh, performance is up up north. In what Warren, uh, so. what's what's the uh, what's the what's the kind of protocol for using the NB versus the like big jagged or the curve or the uh, diagonal M or N? Yeah, man. So it's just they have uh, like different silos. So anything that's kind of like inline, whatever product they would use that big end branding. And then for stuff that was like um, a little faster, a little bit more sleek or, you know, meant to be a little bit more contemporary, they use the MB or if it was a part of like the whole Vazi, like fast, um, you know, minimalist kind of super pinnacle product, they would use the flying MB, which like has like an MB with like wings kind of flying off the side. So it was kind of like siloed by like, um, aesthetic and like price point category type deal. So yeah, because I noticed there's even like multiple ends, right? Because you got the one that's kind of on track shoes, and then you have the one that's on like kind of that that standard like nine ninety yeah or whatever the, that one yeah, is with the border the one. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. See, I got I, I've got a pair of those. Those are, those are those are like the Steve. That's a Steve. It's a Steve Jobs shoe, bro. Yeah, I bought those in college. The nine nine one. The nine nine one. I was a sneaker. I was like, I seen them. Uh, I like. Uh, was it uh Marshall's? I think I was like, dude, these are like the Steve Jobs. Like I had to buy them, <laughs> so like I had came in a New Balance wearing them. I got the Steve Jobs sneakers. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's funny. Yeah, those are dope. I love those, and they're so they're built so well too. <laughs> like, they, they are last. very they're very oh, comfortable, man. They are very comfortable. Yeah. So tell me about like just just kind of the nuances of a day to day of a, of a sneaker designer because like what software are you working in? Are you using Cinema 4D, Adobe products. Yeah, Adobe straight up, man. So our our kind of our well, it, it varies. So I know at New Balance, those guys were kind of playing with like um, like Rhino and 3D software to try to make it more efficient because we kind of we constantly send this stuff over to Asia, right? So they make it and it's wrong, and you got to make corrections, but it gets kind of wasteful at a point in time. So they're saying like, if guys know 3D software, we can build like almost essentially the perfect shoe, and it'll it'll lessen the amount of rounds of prototypes and samples you have to do. But um, okay, that's cool. So visually, you're trying to create something that they can look at and and figure yeah, out how to make the prototype better. Okay, literally, but um. I mean, but I would say probably nine nine times out of ten, everyone's just on Illustrator and Photoshop. So I know at Reebok, we're kind of like strictly on that. And it's some guys that do the 3D, like Moto and all that stuff. But um, pretty much everyone else, like 90% of everyone here or in the industry is pretty much Illustrator. And uh, if you want to get cool and render your shoe, do it in Photoshop. But Illustrator is pretty much the... So the, yeah, the, so if people that go hardcore, they want to actually make it look kind of real, like fake. But it's, you know, mock, up, mock it up. Kind of they'll go Photoshop. Yeah. What what about uh like so from a team perspective because I know that like 
every every sneaker has a massive team of people behind it. You know, you have like a design director, you got product managers, graphic designers sometimes, color designers, uh, industrial designers. Talk about that dynamic and just collaborating with people. Yeah. So again, I'll, I'll go back to New Balance where I started and like do the differences. So they kind of had. Um, the scene they, were, they had called the triad. So marketing kind of comes with like their uh, consumer insight and what, what they feel like, what niche we need to fill in the market space. Um, design comes in, we kind of do our thing and, and we kind of express our vision and what we want to do with that product. And then you have product development and their job is to kind of make sure everyone's uh, dreams comes true overall. So that's like, they, they kind of work with costing, um, construction, um, depending on the marketing's ensuring what distribution level this is going to be at. So it's kind of like you guys kind of all have to work together like um, simultaneously to kind of develop the best product for whatever, um, whatever void you're trying to fill in the marketplace. So um, it's kind of a little bit of that. And then also um, then you have like color uh, designers, you have material designers. So I may just, finish up a, a sketch or a concept and then I'll go to my color team and they'll, they'll like kind of pick up a palette that would be best for my product or whatnot. But um, at Reebok, I work in lifestyle. So it's a little bit of all of that. So we design new stuff as well. But also I'm in charge of my own color and my own materials. And I'm still working with marketing as well and also product development. So a little bit, um, a little bit more uh, freedom, a little bit, I would say. You touch your product a little bit more. But also it's something to having people that are specialized in that field and color and materials to really dial up your product because it's something I maybe never even thought of that you know will fit this product better that would just take it to that next level. So it is... It all kind of varies um, at different places. So, but, uh, in your current gig, are you kind of taking a lot of uh, silhouettes that already exist and and trying to modify, make modifications to that, or are you getting much leeway to sort of create something completely new? Um, yeah. So, ninety um, percent of this classics business is color material. So, we take our uh, franchise five um, shoes like classic leather, workout, um, NPC, those kind of things, and we do that. But it's kind of uh, segmented kind of by um, our designers here. So, like, for me, I'm a super nerdy basketball guy. So, they're like, oh, well, when it's basketball stuff, Xavier might be a little bit more into it. So, if we got a Shaq attack or a kamikaze or questions that we want to do, we'll bring it over to, to X and let him do his thing. And so, it's kind of like that. Or if it's someone that's really into fashion, they may have, like, this high-tier, you know, shoe that they want to kind of evolve that's inspired by our past product. And also... We kind of have some some uh, some space to do some new stuff, and so um, again, I've I um, work with a few assets to kind of develop product um, and and stuff like that. So we do some new shoes, not as much as like sports and training or studio here, but um, we did we definitely dabble in it a little bit, being we are kind of the heritage for this brand. So that's cool, man. Actually, I used to I used to wear a lot of Reebok classics when I was in when I was in high school. They were kind of like my go to day wear shoe, uh, and then. Um, uh, yeah, me and me and a lot of my buddies would wear them. We wear we wear like all white Reebok classics. <laughs> yeah, man, they're crispy. Yeah, and they're like super pop. And so, like in the U.S., we're still trying to get our market. Uh, they start off as back. like a tennis shoe or what? Um, so like it, it depends. So like the classic leather was a running shoe. The Club C was a tennis shoe. The Club Champion that was like rooted in tennis. And then like the workout shoe was kind of part of that fitness craze in the '80s, which you probably missed because you're too young. But I guess we had like a big fitness boom where like. Uh, the freestyle and oh, workout, all these about. shoes. Were they high top? Kind of? yeah, 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 high tops and these chunky mid shoes with like die cut EVA and all. What about the, you? Have like a gum shoe? That's was this like an indoor soccer sneaker? A gum shoe? It's like a uh, uh, revenge plus gum. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I actually did. I did those actually. Yeah. So oh, that's, did you um, really? Yeah, I actually designed those. Yeah, yeah. They look like so indoor that, soccer shoes. Right. So, um, so that brief, um, we call it, we call that the terrace pack. So it's based on kind of, um, I don't want to miss myself, but uh, Europe, they kind of have like this this terrace culture where guys were like Burberry and like uh, kind of like Samba type shoes from Adi. So we wanted to like kind of dive into that like indoor kind of court and, and soccer culture and kind of um, do a play on that, but also keeping it super true and uh, and unique to our, our heritage and whatnot. So yeah, that was actually a pack I worked on uh, a year or so ago. And then, that's another thing too. So you're always working in the future. So we have the shortest calendar of, of our everyone in this building because we're kind of like uh, fashion and trend driven. So we have to get product out faster. But I'm, we're still working a year and a half into the future, about a year to year. <laughs> so like we're like literally getting to like what spring summer 2020 and about midway through what fall winter 19. So it's like you're always <laughs> like thinking about what's next, but also trying to make sure you hit the trends that are happening currently. Right. So. So, so it, it kind of seems like one of your probably uh, biggest sneakers in terms of what got a lot of media play was this Alien Stomper. Yeah, man. So, yeah, that was um, one of my first shoes. Actually, my first very shoe that ever came out was uh, I got to do a Shaq attack and a question for uh, Shaq and Iverson's Hall of Fame induction. And I got to go and hang out with those guys and stuff. It was crazy. Like that was my very first. Did, year were, the, were any of those part of what you, part of what you sent me? Um, no, none of those were. I, I don't even. I didn't even get a pair of these. They were super limited. Like, and it was crazy. It was super That's crazy. That's a bummer, but it was man. Like, you designed the sneaker. You can't even get the prototype or nothing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like. <laughs> I got like a left foot of like one of them, like and it was crazy. And it was even it was even crazy too, because like the sock liner graphics, like messages from the from them, and it's like like literally like my uh, Brian Lee, who was like the director of kind of like sport at the time for Classic, he's literally like, "Yeah, I'm about to Facetime Shaq," and like we're literally like making up stuff we thought Shaq would say, and like ready to get back to him. He's like, "Yeah, that's cool. I say that." <laughs> like move that word around. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and like we had to hurry up and throw it in Illustrator, send it to Asia like that night to even get him for the Hall of Fame induction. So it was like super crash project but that was the first one and then uh the next one was the aliens project i did with my uh one of my co-workers uh chris hill who's kind of like a uh kind of like a mentor as well here he helps me out a lot he's been in the industry for a while but um yeah they let me do the shoe for with fox at the time i'm just kind of by default and um i just did this yellow shoe and then they brought chris in and he did like the uh the queen alien shoe and mine was inspired by the power loader and yeah just watching the movie and trying to get all the details right and i still didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal and it's like on magazine covers and like fans are like freaking out and i'm like dude i don't even really know this movie that well yeah (laughs) yeah that's and and just to kind of preface for people that don't even know what we're talking about i mean the movie aliens which was a huge Huge thing when I was actually just a kid. It was around the time, like, I remember Predator was real big. Yeah, Alien, exactly. And uh, they brought it back out, and it was like Alien Day, October 26, or April 26th this past year to kind of commemorate everything. And I think they released the new movie Alien Covenant, which I haven't seen, but um, I guess this was what uh, one of these was what uh, Sigourney Weaver was that who, who that was? It was, or what was the girl? Is she, was she, yeah. she an actor? Yeah, she was wearing these, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, she wore like so Reebok had sponsored uh, I got or was involved in um, the original film, and so yeah, they wore Reeboks in the in the film, and she wore the super high top one, which is kind of like a, our uh, equivalent to like our our Nike Mag for like Back to the Future. That's like our staple, and so we didn't really want to touch that one, but they released a mid cut one for um, 
for commercial release back in the day. And so we decided to do something special on those and try to keep that high top one sacred, but just to kind of do something cool for the fans. So that was kind of the basis of that project. And so we'll we'll roll out some stuff here and there kind of every Alien Day. I'm not sure if we're going to, well, I would say probably every other Alien Day, but yeah, some stuff in the works for the next one as well. So, so what, what uh, just on average, like how many people are touching like one of these products at Reebok? In terms of the create the creativity side, the creative side. Um, well, on the creativity side, I mean, it's usually like your director, uh, maybe whoever you want to get involved. But um, it's so much product. Um, at I mean, for each designer here, it, it's kind of hard to really. So it's usually you and your your PM, your marketing person, and then your developer. And then from there, I mean, it's like you know the factory in Asia and, and their team, and then it's coming back. And then I mean, brand ops may have feedback and then that influences what marketing has to do to change it. So it's, it's a long process, but I mean, I'll, I'll say here, even if it's color material, something small, but I mean, it's, you could be touching up to 70, 80 shoes in a season at like least. So it's a lot to keep, a, a, you know, and that's like per designer. So it's like eight of us, seven or eight of us right now in the lifestyle category. I mean, and I mean, that could, it's a lot, it's a lot to, you know, keep track of, but, um, yeah. So is can. a lot of the stuff that you post on your Instagram or those things that you're work that you've done, or sometimes it's just cool stuff that you find. Yeah, it's like a mix of both. Sometimes it's my work, like some of the newer stuff. I'll put like what it's inspired by or whatever. But a lot of the time, I just get inspired by like just walking around and finding stuff in the archive or someone shot like an old sample in the trash. I'm like, what is this thing? And it inspires. <laughs> Did like, you take it home or can you snag it? Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, okay. definitely, man. Yeah, I'm always taking stuff like that. I saw the soul of the answers, the old answers. Yeah. See, I had the blue patent leather ones. Oh yeah, man. Yep. I don't know where yeah, they're at, yeah. man. I think my mom like don't like one time when I went to college, man. I came back one weekend and my mom had just like donated or given a bunch of stuff away. I was so mad. Bro, yeah, I know exactly. I actually had a repair Reebok like that. I don't know if you remember when uh, Pharrell was doing the ice cream skate team. Yeah, yeah. skateboard P. Yeah. And I had got a pair of ice creams, and I remember like I had worn them a couple of times. And I came back home from school, and I was like, oh, I want my where my ice creams, and they were thrown away. I was like, no. Yeah, <laughs> the parents they don't film. get it, man. They just don't. Our generation of parents will get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I had exactly. the yellow answers too, or the yellow yeah. questions. Oh, yeah, yeah, the all-star ones. Yeah. yeah, those are sick. Yeah, those are dope. Yeah, and so with that story, um, so we're, re we're relaunching the i3 category, actually, and um, I was super blessed and fortunate to kind of be the lead designer on that category. <laughs> but, like, I'm super, super happy, man. And so um, we're definitely going to be bringing back some of that retro stuff. Um, as, you know, a couple years ago, we did the 20th anniversary, so we dropped a lot then. So we kind of kind of pushing off the question for now and then kind of diving into the answer one through, you know, whatever, six. And um definitely yeah, trying to tell some Yeah, the Kamikazes were pretty that. hot when they came out, weren't they? Like the Sean, I remember Sean. Oh, Kemp. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, super big shoe for us. Um, those were huge. Uh, Sean Kemp and then later his Rain Man line did well well too. And then um like Big Hurt, uh, um, those were good. The um, Frank Thomas shoe, that was a big shoe. Um, Shaq, the Shaq Gnosis, Shaq Attacks, all those. So it was it was, it was like a pocket from like 92 to 90, like seven where Reebok just went crazy. Like it was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> like, dude. Reebok was super hot back then. I mean, I remember that was, uh, that was, it, it was, there were a lot of, there were a lot of things to choose from in, in some of them, er some of those eras. It seemed like then Nike dominated for a really long time. 
And yeah. now Adidas has kind of come up because once they got Kanye. Kanye, yeah. Yeah, it's weird how it shifts. I remember too, like when the first S. Doc Carter came out. So I remember my cousins like going to the mall and going crazy. And I was just like, didn't get it at the time. But like looking at that box, it's like, dude. like He put that, that was on a- the side of a, I remember he had a team. He, he sponsored a team at Rucker Park. When yeah, that came yeah. Out. He had like the ad campaign on the side of the bus. I think they actually, actually they got Shaq that year to play at Rucker, I yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Did you see the documentary on that? No, I don't think I did. On, oh, on what? Guys, on Rucker? Or? On Rucker? It's a one on Rucker, but it's like Jay Z had got like Shaq, uh, LeBron, and all these people to play. And then like the power outage in New York. I don't remember what year that was. Yes, yeah, I remember that. I remember there was like a big deal. They were at like a, they were somewhere at a hotel or something. And somebody yeah, was late. Yeah. See, some yeah, of, yeah. I found out about that because I actually read Jay Z's bio. And, oh, wow. and learned a lot about that stuff there because, uh, you know, Jay-Z is like another one of those guys that's just like a super businessman. Um, uh, it just in terms of like um, uh, really kind of like a mixture of like business and, and like coming, he comes from like culture, but like a like business, right? It's like that mix of like, you don't really see him walking around in a suit. I mean, those are the people that I really always looked up to because you kind of had this just general like stereotype of like, oh, in order to be in business, you got to be, what, look like this and wear this. Wear this. And yeah. now, like today, I was watching Snapchat. Uh, this guy who's a v- he's a venture capitalist out in uh, out in California, and uh, and he, like on stage, Snoop is up there giving a talk, and the guy that's moderating it is Chameleonaire. And Chameleonaire <laughs> has like his hat backwards and all stuff. It's funny because they're at like this business conference, and then uh, and then Chameleonaire started talking about his own branding, like that Chameleon. And how it became, like, this guy understood branding, man. And this is what I'm talking about, how a lot of people don't really understand branding. But people that get it, get it. And it's like they're able to do a lot of really cool things with it. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree, man. Yeah, yeah, Jay Z and that whole Rockefeller thing, Rock Aware, all that was just so like revolutionary at the time. And then um, actually, it was crazy because um, uh, the guy who actually signed Jay Z, um, he's like, um, I'm not sure of his title right now. He's like VP of of here at Reebok for um, he was for classics. We moved to sport. Todd Krinsky, he actually signed him, and he was just like, dude, like he was so business oriented, and actually he uh, put in his contract at the time that. Uh, that like he he like owned all his designs or something like it was like something like he learned from like owning his masters in the music uh, industry and so he was like Reebok y'all can produce it but I own them yeah so. like he owns the co- <laughs> he owns the copyright see that's yeah. that's revolutionary yeah. man I mean to be to do that yeah exactly and so he was just he was like he was just so next for like level so he thinking, could reproduce like, them if he wanted to yeah with yeah, somebody else could. I mean he could yeah. well, he could just do them on his own or whatever but. Yeah, he could. And I, I think he said, um, actually, when his contract was up, that was his plan. Like, he had already started doing stuff like Rucker, and he had a few athletes under the S. Doc Carter brand here at Reebok. And he was like, Jay, intention after it was over was like to start S. Doc Carter Sports separately and just do his own thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that was his like plan, but it didn't really uh, materialize in the long run. But I guess he got like Rock Nation Sport now. So right. <laughs> maybe that's, right. you know, part of that. Yeah, and yeah. I think that was like a conflict of interest. Like he couldn't. That's why he sold his stake in uh, the yeah. team because you couldn't yeah. really represent athletes, but also be an owner in the team. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that dude was always thinking into the future, dude. It's it's crazy. Sure. Yeah, it's super cool, man. Well, I gotta say, yeah. dude, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I think a lot of people are gonna be able to tell that I've we've had a lot of fun here because it was it was kind of not <laughs> traditional. Uh, oh, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> we just chatted, like, man. We hung out. So, but I like uh, it. It's it's been fun, dude. 
Oh, man, same to you, man. I appreciate it again. And, uh, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. And great talking to you, man. I look forward to talking to you uh, much more. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, cool. man. We'll stay in touch. Let me let me just add – let me uh, – just a couple more things real quick. Um, so, obviously, I mentioned when I was younger, there just wasn't much of a path in order to get into footwear design. Um what 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 would be that path today? Like if there's if there's a kid that's listening to this who's maybe in high school or maybe in college or maybe it's somebody my age that just wants to completely turn things around and go do something different. How do you? What would you recommend doing? Um, first and foremost, uh, pencil man, and I don't say that just to be biased because I did it, but it's like for me, it put everything in perspective. Like it's it, you only can learn so much you know, on the internet. And I mean, that's cool too now that that, that exists because that was still kind of scarce for me coming up. But like, you know, now you, you do have the internet as a tool, but actually going to a place physically where you can actually learn day to day and you have someone that has done it at the highest level, literally at the highest level um, in, in sport, it's like you learn so much. I mean, you make, you're making samples, you're rubbing elbows with people and just being in a place like Portland where Pencil is, I mean, it's like, footwear central um other than here here in boston but it's like dude like that that experience was like it's it's invaluable like it's 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 such a blessing to even be a part of that um learning what i learned from Dwayne and suzette and all the guys there and then it's like he brings in like these hall of fame footwear designers that are in and out like e scott morris and and all these dudes so you just constantly learn and and, and see so much stuff so i, I would recommend pencil any capacity kind of being your starting point because it just kind of takes your game up to the next level because now you see what it takes to get to the professional professional level of design and um i mean those guys are there to help you so i, I would say probably start there and uh just do your homework man i mean online's your best tool um to see see what's happening but yeah definitely uh pencil would be my starting point very cool man and i would assume i mean if somebody's wanting to get into this they already have a general understanding of sne- they like you got to like sneakers right i mean if you want to are they do, do they do much? Uh, so is, is Pencil Footwear Design Academy is it pretty much focused on like athletic and and lifestyle wear? Or do they do much like with, with like I don't know boots or whatever? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they do it all. Um, yeah, they do it all. I mean, just so happen you know the sportswear industry is kind of the biggest market for footwear for the most part. But yeah, they do it all. I mean, they have classic with Danner boots that's in uh, Portland as well. Um, I mean, Dwayne wants you to do opposite things. He's like, I'm tired of seeing basketball shoes. Don't do a basketball shoe. Like he challenges you. Like yeah. what's the next, the next skateboarding shoe 20 years from now in the future? How is that going to be? Or like, what's going to like do, do a heel? Like how can you do something innovative to, to make a heel more comfortable for women? So he's always thinking about those niche markets that no one else is really looking at. And he challenges you to kind of, uh, you know, see if you can, if you're really cut out for this industry. So, I mean, That's you're, cool, you're challenged man. at all. Yeah. At see, all. I've been kind of getting into like, uh, uh, just being, being a designer, right? I mean, you just appreciate like, like fine things, uh, yeah. things that are well put together. And that's what's funny, man. When I was a kid, I remember, you know, my parents, they would always buy like the knockoff things or whatever. But for me, it, yeah. it was always like this weird thing inside. I was like, yeah, but we need to get the real thing. Cause it's, there's something about it. And it, and it wasn't even about price. It was more like somebody thought about this, right? Somebody yeah. put some time into this. This is a brand. I didn't know what a brand was right at the time. But what I was yeah. going to say is that I've been kind of getting into like Italian footwear a little bit, you know, like yeah. the, 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 like the uh, wingtip kind of shoes or whatever yeah. that you see that those like Italian boots and all this stuff, like Italian leather. And, you know, of course, I don't have any because they're super expensive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the, yeah. I think the, the most expensive pair of shoes I have is probably some Cole Hans, which are, are pretty yeah. awesome. Uh, and Nike used to yeah. own them, right? I mean, yeah, they have like, yeah. They have like Air Zoom technology in them, I think. 
Yeah, even like the whole like that the lunar grand shoe they were doing with that like it had that uh that like neon green midsole that was like lunar line from like the running shoes they had put on the on on, on the shoe. But yeah, yeah, they used to own them. But yeah, they they kind of took those. like I think that's the one. Yeah, that I have. yeah, the lunar grand was sick. Like that was just such like a polarizing thing. It's like what? It's like high end dress shoe upper. With, Dude, I, with, like, I get so by. many compliments when I wear those. It's crazy how many compliments I get. On those. Yeah, yeah, get them on eBay. They discontinued. They're even more rare now. So. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, that's rough that they discontinued those because they were awesome. Uh, but anyway, man, like I said, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I've had a lot of fun, and obviously we'll stay in touch. But just wrapping up here, where can people follow you online and kind of keep up with you or if they have questions just about the industry in general? Yeah, man, I'm pretty much on Instagram. Um, yeah, you can follow me at uh, Xavier Jones underscore XCI. And yeah, I'm on there, man. If you guys got questions or want to chat or anything, yeah, um, I'll be on there and um, I'll be posting more of my work soon. Um, stuff will be coming out. Like I said, you work in almost like two year silo. So yeah. Got new stuff coming, a lot of exciting stuff um, coming, like a new new collapse with Swiss Beats, and then the Iverson collection will be there soon. So new stuff as well as retro. So I think that'll be a good take. So that's awesome, man. Well, like I said, I appreciate it, and uh, wish you nothing but the best. Thank you, man, and it's an honor, man. I really, really appreciate it. I'm a huge fan of you, man. So <laughs> happy to be on the show. So thank you, man. All right, I appreciate that, man. My next guest is going to be Chris Doe. If you care much about the business of design, creativity, or pay much attention to motion design, you've most likely heard of Chris's companies, The Future and Blind. Blind is a motion design and brand strategy studio that has worked with many big brands, such as Microsoft Xbox, ESPN, Audi, and more. And The Future is an online education program dedicated to teaching creative people about business. More on Chris can be found on his Twitter at TheChrisDo or on thefuture.com, and that's future with no E. Big thanks again to Xavier Jones of Reebok for taking time to come aboard the podcast. As he mentioned, you can keep up to date with him and ask him questions or follow his work on Instagram at XavierJones underscore XCI. If you're interested in hearing more Makers of Sport episodes, then head over to makersofsport.episodes to check out previous interviews or listen to the original halftime episodes where I discuss business, entrepreneurship, and freelance in the sports industry. To support this ad-free podcast, you can join the paid member community at makersofsport.com slash community, where you'll have access to additional content such as private Q&As with future former and special guests, monthly video hangouts, as well as interact, share feedback, and build relationships with like-minded individuals in the live chat. All community content is recorded and available anytime you join, including the private Q&As and the video hangout, so they will be available if you decide to join at a later date. In addition, community members get an opportunity to take part in the High School Project, a pro bono branding project that we are taking part in for underfunded high school athletic programs around the U.S. More on that particular initiative can be found in Episode 75 called Donating Your Creativity. So if you get value from the content coming from this podcast or its other information sharing outlets such as social media, then I ask that you please consider supporting the show fiscally by voting with your hard-earned dollars and joining the community. In exchange for that fiscal support, there will always be ever-changing premium content and a network of like-minded and professional business-savvy creatives in the sports industry ready for you to interact with. 
My plan is to always keep this podcast sponsor free, which means it's legitimately free as anything that sells you ads is making you the product. There is no catch here. You get to listen to this show completely free without being sold a mattress or some other product that you don't need and having to skip forward through an advertiser. The only way this show makes money is by the community. So if you do want to support the show, you will get more benefits in exchange for that support. If you can't support the show physically at this time, you can support the podcast by going to makersofsport.com slash email and entering your email address in order to stay in touch with the future happenings of the podcast. Additionally, you can support the hard work it takes to make this show by taking one to two minutes and heading over to makersofsport.com slash iTunes, clicking the five star and write about your positive experience with the show. So to reiterate, those of you that don't support the show fiscally, all support matters. If you've gotten value from myself or the guests, please rate the podcast so that others can discover the value for themselves as well. As always, I'll accept likes or ratings on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or whichever application you happen to listen in. I'm at T. Adam Martin on Twitter and all social media. The show is at Makers of Sport. Until next time, have a good week.